Hey, is that Ooh. any better? Oh my God, yes. Jesus Christ, yes. Okay. Say something again. Hey. Uh, okay. Oh man. It's so confusing because like Roderick is so quiet coming through mm. and I end up, I never had to ride this before, but I feel like I change it for every show now. I should get that uh, Scarlet Focus right. That That's what I use. Yeah, but I to use get that, that I need to get a new computer. So I should also get a new computer. It's a real uh, <laughs> lady who swallowed a fly type situation. Right. No, of because course. I can't utilize all of the, uh, the benefits of the Scarlet unless I have USB-C, which my mm -hmm. computer, this computer doesn't, this computer is older than it looks, you know, much is like it? me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is this the show? <laughs> I think this is the show. It feels like the show. This is the show. I you know mean, what that's... this is? This, this feels like the show unplugged. I like that. I can go You know, we, we stopped doing whatever we used to do, and now we just did, do get real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I have a couple. That's going to cost I you have... $10,000, just me singing that, that little Just bit that little. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, was, I, I wanted to jump in with a, with a question or a, a, a thing that I have, a thing that I've been dealing with that I want to, I want to send this out to the world and maybe they can help me with it. This is it. not just for me. This is for the world. This is for the world. Dan, are you going to um, need the world to, to answer this? I mean, you feel like this is going to be one of those, we need all 13 doctors like type situation. We're going to surround, we're going to surround, uh, 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 what's it called? Trophamador. Whatever his planet is called. Uh, uh, no, it's not Trenzalore. But that's the thing. The world is 13 doctors. 12. No, sir. All 13. And they come in their TARDISes and, they, and then they get the Daleks to shoot each other. No spoilers. This is, we're about to drop something of such import. It's going to take, it's going to take a village. And by village, I mean possibly the galaxy. Um, I mean, I'm going to, I'll say no. I don't think okay. it's quite the way you're painting it out to well, be. Okay, well, maybe there's somebody out there. Go ahead. Here's the here's the situation. There's two parts to this. There are two always separate two parts. Yeah. It's always do things with me. There are two uh -huh. separate parts to this. And one of them, one of them is um well, I'll just I'll just talk about what they are. Talk about so, Dan. It's a safe as, space for now. As you know, I mm. do a uh, a little morning a fun morning stream show where I talk about the news and, and bring the friends in and we talk mm -hmm. about it. And I do this on YouTube and I do it five days a week, Monday through Friday. I usually do it at around uh, 11 Eastern time. And uh, first I, so I, re I record this, I stream it live and then it gets oh. recorded locally. But then YouTube itself keeps a recording of the live stream and the way that this is supposed to work on YouTube and the way that it works for literally every living person except me is as soon as you are done with your recording, YouTube turns it live. So anyone who goes to your YouTube page mm -hmm. will see the new video that you have the, just the finished recording. That, that you uh, used to used to had say uh, a live. You as soon right. as you finish because it's been uh, writing it to to a disc somewhere, as you say. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as the show is done, it's available, it's done, it's encoded. It's, it's, yes. it's good to go as what it's you good record. To go. That's now, that's pretty cool. Except for if, everybody but you. Well, if you... All 13 doctors. If mm -hmm. you get the URL for that, if you looked at my Twitter and it will tweet out for me where it is, uh, YouTube will also, if you, are, um, if you are subscribed to the channel, you'll get a notification about it when it goes live. And then you'll be able to watch the live replay because that URL is there. And if I, if I grab that URL from, the, from that video and paste it, You'll be able to go and watch the video. The video will not show up on my YouTube page and people who are subscribed and want notifications for when the video comes out will not get the notification until 24 hours later when the video actually publishes. Nothing has changed. The video is the same. The URL is mm -hmm. the same. Uh, what is it anyone with we do this for You Look Nice today or whatever we're calling it now, um, which is yeah. that when the video is done, we put it up. Sandy sends me the URL, and I'm able to go look but, at but it. But hold on, that's the difference. Is it unlisted? Is it unlisted? No, no, that's the difference is okay. you said we put it up. I'm not putting a video up. YouTube is doing it for me. Uh -huh. it is They're putting a video the live down. Stream. I get it. Mm -hmm. it. It is taking the live stream, and it is, uh, it is making that available for people who go to the channel page. 
I'm not uploading a video. And other people who stream uh, in the way that I do are not uploading a video. They are just allowing YouTube to take the live stream and pay. Now, Periscope, who I simultaneously stream to, does this the right way instantaneously. So as soon as I hit stop, if you were to go to my Periscope page, it's there. Uh, if you go to my YouTube page, it's not there for 24 hours when they just decide to do something. Now, the only person who's given me any kind of advice about this or suggestion of what to try to do is they said, go into your live stream in your regular settings and make sure that you toggle the thing that this content is made for kids and change it to this content is not made for kids. Well, I already have it set to not made for kids. It's never been made for kids. It's always not, it's been set that way and it doesn't work. So I'm positive, Merlin, that we have somebody in the audience here who knows something or is at YouTube or knows a person at YouTube who could tell me what it is about either the channel, the video. And the thing is, these videos are just me talking about the news. There's nothing risque or questionable about them. It's just me talking about the news and it's not that the videos are not approved. They're just listed as processing for 24 hours. And then after the first 30 minutes, they're not processing anymore. They're done. They're just sitting there. And it's just like they're being held back from showing up on the main page. So I have to tweet it. And of course, you know, no one sees your tweets anymore. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, so the, the result of this is I'll get three or four times as many views on Periscope as I will on YouTube, because by the time it's published to YouTube, it's yesterday's news, which is not what I'm going for. So if anybody knows, I would absolutely love to hear any kind of explanation as to what I can do better or differently. And so thank you to anyone who can help me with that. That's mm. problem number one. Mm -hmm. Problem number two is more up your alley. Mm. I'm interested in all the problems. Well, maybe you can help me with this one. I doubt um, it, but, I, but well, I'd love a, to listen. An, I think of you as an automator guru. Yeah. I'm you, just happy you, you think know of me. You know more of, about Automator than anyone else that I know. Automator, the app. The app on a Mac OS. Yeah. You know that's not true. Why are you saying something like that? You, because you do things with Automator. Mm. I mean, You've that's weird. That's cool like, that's like saying I have some kind of a relationship with rallies. It's like, yeah, well, if I'm in Florida and near a rallies, I might go. <laughs> it doesn't make me an <laughs> expert on rallies. You to me rallies. about how cool Automator is. I don't know anyone else I doing anything with Automator. I think rallies is checkers <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> They're different. Um, it's like, uh, you know, it's like, uh, well, what's the other one? Not Carl's Jr. What's the one? Hardee's and uh, Jack in the Box, right? Is that the same? Well, I, I get them confused. They're all clowns to me. Uh, problem two, please continue. <laughs> um, so after I, I mentioned that I record these things and I also release them as a podcast for the five or six people that want to hear that. So what I do is I take the recorded video and in order to get the audio out of the video, <clears throat> excuse me, I like to remove the audio from the video, pull just the audio track out of it, and then, uh, and then I want to just upload that audio. And that's fine. It makes it very easy to do because the video is stored. It's an MP4, and there are different tracks in the video. So there's a wonderful command line utility that a lot of nerds who are in video will know about. It's called FFmpeg. And oh things like That's Handbrake and, and other a lot of, software. A lot, of, a lot of flags and attributes. A lot of flags, a lot of attributes. A lot of attributes, a lot of what have you, yep. Yes. Uh, but the important thing about that is it lets you pretty much take any kind of media and convert it to any other kind of media. This is what Handbrake uses behind the scenes and things like that. So I've got my FFmpeg command, and I made an automator action so that I can drop the video onto this little automator app. I guess I call it an app. I drop it onto the Automator application, and it takes that video, it finds the audio track that I want it to, it exports just that audio track into an MP3 file, and then I use another command line utility called MP3 Split, which basically trims the uh, silence from the beginning and the end of the audio file, leaving me with the perfect MP3 file, so all I have to do is upload it. This works. The Automator hmm. thing for this, it works. It's great. However, uh, I have it set to display a little system notification when it's done. So it does a little ding, and then it pops out the notification that says video complete. Well, the problem with that is I usually miss those because I might not always be looking right at the computer when that happens. And I, yes, I know I can make it pop up a dialog box with an OK after it, and maybe I'll have it do that. But what would be even better than that would be 
if it could show me a progress bar, even if the progress bar isn't right, even if it's not showing me an actual percentage of completion, it's, it's, true, just, it's still happening. It's just showing this is happening. And mm -hmm. then when it's done, it goes away and pops up a little thing that says done. So that way, if I look at the screen and there's nothing on the screen or no, the progress bar is gone or it says, okay, then I could do it. And now I know you can do this with things like Apple script and other things like that. However, I don't believe or know if you can there. I don't know how to do this. And I've looked at the resources and this is the problem is that there's so many resources about how to do it with Apple script. And then it says that the Apple script within automator is different, but I realized maybe I should do this as Apple script and then just call exec commands. I'm very confused. This doesn't seem hard. Um, but I don't know anything about it. So I didn't know if you knew or maybe someone in our audience knows, but this is the kind of thing that blows me away about what Automator lets you do is that I can have a video track. I can drag it over an icon and then in you know three minutes, it's done like 20 steps for me that I would have to had to do manually with other applications. It's wonderful. But I just want to know if there's a way I can make it work a little bit better. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, the, uh, uh, so, I mean, the, the one thing is getting a notification should not be difficult. What you want is a little, if I understand you, uh, you want a little miniature, you describe it as a progress bar, but, but really it's, you know, it's similar, it's, you know, not dissimilar to how I would use a timer on my Amazon tube lady product where I like wonder how much long the cookies are going to be in. And so I, I can just kind of glance at the screen on the, uh, in this case, the echo view, no, Echo Show, sorry. And, mm -hmm. and, and get a glance. <clears throat> but mm -hmm. this is interesting because it's like, it's the sort of thing that I'm, I'm running into a lot with, um, I used to run into this with um, staging and production servers. I've run into this very recently, like today, with, uh, mm -hmm. technically last night, with my uh, Synologies and trying to get everything synced up and working the way I want. The old Synology, well, the new Synology is becoming what the old Synology used to do. And the old Synology is becoming more of a like, you know, go to pasture kind of horse but I, i'm keeping all the stuff anyway the point being that like staging and production two synologies is this thing done yet it's kind of an interesting conundrum yours is actually harder like i used to do a thing where i would i would put some um a little chunk of css at the top of the staging pages so i would know i mean i, I wish i could do it for production too but i almost want a frame like, I almost want to say, like, don't change anything about, do you understand what I'm talking about? Like, am I working on yes. staging? Am I looking at staging? Am I looking at production? If I click this, does it restart the local server, or the virtual machine, or the, like, live thing? Because that's bad. Like, I need mm -hmm. to know, like, exactly where I am and what I'm doing. Yeah. And to me, it's very much like one of those um, Apollo 13, you know, putting a, putting, putting a sign on the button kind of thing. Just to, like, for your, you know, peace of mind. And, you know, mm -hmm. knowing which Synology I'm working on, like I could be in, in cases where there is, as they say, a source and a destination. I mean, like I have a, whatever my mental model is, usually it's the old one on the left, new one on the right in terms of like, you mm -hmm. know, you know I'm saying like with Windows. And so I know, I mean, like for some reason in my head, maybe because of stuff like font DA mover, my head just says, you know, destiny or source is left, destination is right. But you want something that says this is still happening and here's how much time is left theoretically. But mainly this thing, I want some motion. I want to be able to see something on screen. Like, for, okay, on my Mac, how do I know when large files are done copying from one place to another? Well, right. I know it's I, the only way I, the only thing I, I really know is that it's not, is when it's not done. In other words, I don't know when it failed, if it failed. Right. I don't know. Right. If it's done, all I can ever know is not if, but when it's still going on. And that's kind of what you're describing here. So you yes. really want something that says this is still going on. And if mm -hmm. this is not going on, I, I think this is an interesting problem because it's a different kind of thing. Anyway, I actually have a lot to say about this, I'm, I'm realizing. But uh, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. It seems like there should be some hook into something. At the most basic level, I mean, shoot, you could you could do this with ASCII characters on BBSs back in the day. I imagine there's something where you could have something, a script. I don't know how to do it with Automator. That's my answer. But you could have something just watching for some process to be happening or not happening and say, as long as this is happening, you know, uh, play a ping or show a spinner or whatever. I don't know, man. 
I bet you, I bet you there are people out there. I bet you, if you check Twitter right now, I bet there's going to be people uh, who already answered you. So why there is, uh, there is one person, but um, yeah, and I'm going to try what what he says, but I'll I'll wait and see uh, if it works, and then I'll give them all the credit in the world. If all the credit, but not until then. Nope. They call it a carrot and a stick. Mm. You hit him with the carrot and you feed him the stick. Dan, could you tell me about something that you like? Oh, yeah. I would oh, yeah. love to tell you about Back Blaze. <gasps> I was in the Back Blaze literally two days ago. What were you doing way up I there? I was making sure that my, I have the regular whatever it's called thing that you're going to recommend in a minute, but I also have what's called B2. And B2 is what I uh, utilize to back up, guess what? Your Synology. <laughs> yes. Yes, my Synology backs up to B2, and it's really cool. It's like a whole separate area, and there's things in there, and you can browse it. And by the way, it turns out, get up, up. You can even open it and then transmit, and look at it in transmit. Oh, well, that's Transmit cool. destination is on the left, source is on the left, and destination is on the right. And in this case, one of those could be B2. Back to you, Dan. Well. Back, back um, to back, Blaze, work. I, got nothing. I love that you mentioned B2. That's not what they necessarily want us to talk about you are not permitted to buy it don't buy it don't subscribe don't do it you're not allowed (laughs) that's not what they paid for that's not what they paid for the ftc says this is fraud i love b2 b2 is backblaze's sort of uh cloud storage solution different from their backup solution uh, although behind the scenes, I imagine they probably are using it. Uh, but we use B2 for all, a lot of storage of stuff at Fireside. That's how much I trust Backblaze, is that t- a huge part of our infrastructure is based on B2's uh, really amazing cloud storage stuff. But what Backblaze does is it gives you unlimited computer backup for your Macs and for your PCs for just $6 a month. That is not a lot of money. So here's That's really not a lot. That's, that's, that's almost an embarrassing, a shocking lack of money. Yes. You back up your documents, music, photos, videos, drawings, projects, all of your data. When you set it up, data. you say this stuff over here, put it up there, and then it takes care of it, Dan. Isn't it that takes nice? Care of it. It's so nice. It's so nice to know. Belt, suspenders, extra belt, suspenders, suspenders, suspenders. You can restore your files anywhere so that you can directly download them from the web you can even have them restore by mail. So you basically purchase a restore via hard drive and they overnight, they FedEx it to you and then you get the hard drive with all your stuff. So basically what this means is if you're on like a, a non-fiber internet connection and you have like tons of data up there, you can get it instantly and then you f- you send them the hard drive back and they refund you for it. Like they have done over 50 billion files restored for their customers it is so, so, so cool. It's an amazing service. And here's the way that I do this is, you know, my son has a PC that he uses for gaming and I have Macs and we have the family computer and all these other things. I don't want to think about them. I don't want to worry mm-hmm. about what happens if they fail. I don't want to deal with any of that stuff. And, and, yet, now, and yet you will be blamed if they do fail. <laughs> well, of course I would. That's and why. Here, this, is, and, this is, this is, and it's not just for dads anymore. It's for anybody, right. but it's a, it's <laughs> a canonical. They can have that. They it's can have that. It's not just for dads. <laughs> but it's a canonically dad problem of nobody, This is, <laughs> it's not even that nobody cares that it's done. It's that nobody is able to notice that something is done. They are unaware the college is being saved for <laughs> <laughs> you know, they are unaware the toilet paper has been purchased, and yes, the kind you like, and they're utterly unaware that all of their stuff is, is in a t-shirt can into the clouds. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Well, so how, do people, how do people get this thing? I use, uh, well, before I tell them that, I, I okay. want to mention, I also use it for the computers here at the little studio that I have, and this is the key. This is something people need to understand, is that it's unlimited backup. Okay, it's all of your data. It's movies, music, photos, videos, documents, projects, everything that you do. And that's what's so important about it is that it's everything. There are some that limit stuff and limit what you can do. You're in control with Backblaze, and that's what I love about it. Okay, so here's the way that this works. 15-day free trial. If you go to Backblaze, B-A-C-K-B-L-A-Z-E, backblaze.com slash work. And you will get a 15-day free trial. That is plenty of time to get everything that you have synced up, even if you're not on uh, fiber or something like that. But this is important. Please back up your stuff. That's all I've got to say about that. Backblaze.com slash back to work. Thanks very much to them for making this show possible.
Thank you, Backblaze, Bok Bok. God, that was beautiful, Dan. Mm. <clears throat> so, here we are. Here we are in Spain. Now, a thing I want a lot of the time, and this is going to seem weird, because I'm a weirdo, mm -hmm. but um, I don't know. I think these kinds of things are super interesting to me. Um, think about this. Think about some of our time things that we do. It's been a while since we've talked about timers, alarms, reminders, and that's kind of what you're talking about here. What, what we're talking mm -hmm. about, I mean, I, th I, th I think one way to think of this, this uh, big class of all these different kinds of things is, you know, so it could even, you could even call them signs, reminders, timers, alarms, status updates, all of these kinds of things. You know, in order for them to be effective, to be effective, the, uh, the designer or engineer must understand who it's for, when, and why. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I'll tell you why. Like, here's a good example for me. It's like, uh, I, I finally made a shortcut for this, uh, but I wasn't satisfied with it. So I, I don't really use it. But when I create a reminder, you know, let me put it this way. When I create a reminder, my reminder is going to have the components of my reminder are usually stuff like, I, I, let's say, um, remind me to email Dan when I arrive at the office in two hours. No. Mm -hmm. As the ardent uh, and uh, loyal listener will know, that means several special things. So uh, the idea is I want to, let's put it, look at it another way, let's be philosophical. I don't want to have to worry whether I remembered to do a thing with Dan. Because like right. my OCD, such as it would be, is not bad enough that I would continue to wonder if I'd done that reminder after I had done that reminder, although it's not out of the question. I want to not have to, on one level, I want to not have to think about what I need to do all the time. I want that to be stored in what Cory Doctor has called an out, outboard brain. I want things to be out externalized from me needing to remember them because, again, everybody sing along. Your mind makes for a terrible white whiteboard and, a, and a, an even worse alarm clock. That's not <laughs> yeah. what it's for, right? Pockets, not addicts, right? Let's get it together. So, what does that mean? I say, you know. Hey, Dingus, remind me to email Dan when I arrive at the office in two hours. Now, what does all that mean? The email Dan part, yeah, I'll know what that means later. As long as it heard me correctly. If I didn't speak clearly or it didn't hear me co correctly, two hours is the perfect amount of time to have no idea what, I, what it was that I actually said. Man, I'm mambo dog face to the banana patch. That part's <laughs> easy. Now, now, there's some other really important parts here. Uh, when I arrive at the office in two hours, well, why would you say it that way? Why don't you just say when I arrive at the office? Well, that's real smart. That means when I arrive at the office, uh, remind me to do this, right? Right. Well, or we could say remind me in two hours. What's cool here is whichever of those happens first, there's a little bit of basic logic here, whichever one of those happens first, that's when the reminder goes off, which is okay. great. What does that mean? That means, uh, don't worry, I know you know this. I'm just talking to the listener. So then I... Let's say I arrive at the office in 10 minutes. Do I want to wait two hours to know? I do not. I want to know when I arrive at the office. So that's just to say that if I'm not at the office in two hours, please go ahead and remind me. This is subtle, but brilliant. What a great idea to have reminders like this. Mm -hmm. You know, one, one thing I would love, as with so many of these sorts of things, two kinds of reminders and alarms, uh, reminder and alarm that I crave. One is I want a reminder... 10 minutes after I arrive somewhere. Because this is, has this ever happened to you? You suddenly get beep, beep, beep. All your stuff is going off as you're pulling mm -hmm. in, probably in your case, your garage. And you're going to miss a ton of those and have to scroll back to get them. I know that I'm going to have stuff to do, just even just putting my wallet in a bowl, taking a leak, wash my hands, whatever, right? I'm going to need a few minutes before I'm really operational. I would love a way to say, remind me, you know, in two hours, you know, sort of, or 10 minutes after I arrive at the house. I would love for it to automatically know that. And, uh, and I think that's really brilliant. What was the other one? Uh, then, okay, so there's things like that. But, oh, uh, the other one I would love is, um, I used to really crave this when my kid would have play dates. I would love a way to, to create a new kind of default uh, alarm for calendars. I might have seen this somewhere, but I'm really surprised not, not more people have built this into their power user app, calendar app. Remind me N minutes before the end of an event. Mm -hmm. Are you thinking about that? Yes. Okay. Well, I want to make sure you understand. I would like, I don't want a reminder two days before mm -hmm. I don't, the event. I don't want a reminder at the time. I don't even want a reminder at the end. I want to pick an amount of time before the end because if I have to go pick my kid up at a library... 
I need to know. I want to know about that. You could consider something like travel time, kind of this. But right. I would like I would like endless flexibility with when I get the alarm. How about this one? Uh, so the point being there, that gives me time to get to the library for when the event ends, the birthday party, whatever, from the before times. Another one, like, why can't I get a default alarm to do something n minutes after something is done? Right? This is the next, to me, this is the next gen way to think about this sort of stuff, to where we really incorporate these things into our life. And I mean, you're, you're discussing your, your Mac screen here is what set me off, but I want all those things. And then finally, this one is huge for me. Um, I cannot think of an instance where my creating a reminder, however I create it, I can't think of an instance where I would not want the equivalent of Finder metadata. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Command-J is really deep in my bones. When I'm in the Finder, Command-J comes up a lot. And what is Command-J? We'll try it right now at home, all of you. Command-J brings up the whatever that thing is that lets you say, show me, in my case, Command-2. I'm in, you know, uh, whatever that's called, list view, probably. Mm-hmm. And then now tell me, what columns do you want on? Well, yeah, I want file name on. What about size? You want size? Yes, I want size. Uh, you want all, all you want uh, the tags? Well, I guess what we used to call, what, what did that used to be? Uh, What's well, tags now? And then, you know what? I want all the data information. I want to know when this file was created. I want to know when it was added to this folder. I want to know when it was last opened. Wouldn't that be handy? You know? Like, wouldn't that be handy to have everywhere? So, like, I'm forever going. And the command, also in Command J, my other huge one is calculate uh, folder size. Um, You know, and there's there's stuff about the way Max used to be that I honestly legit still miss. Do you remember, for example, let's say you've got a folder and a folder and a folder and a folder. If you go to that deepest folder and put a file in there, a new new document, every Mm -hmm. folder in which it is contained above it in the, um, in the, what are it's called, the hierarchy. Uh, they all that updates the the date on all of those folders. I miss that. Why do I oh, want to know uh, all these yes. things? Yeah. Well, why would I want Finder capabilities on a goddamn reminder item? Because for the same reason that I would like to a reminder to email Dan when I arrive at the office in two hours. Now, if I said that to the me of uh, I don't know, seventeen eighty nine, I would be super confused about why I'm saying any of these words and who I'm saying it to. Mm-hmm. But today, I think that's extremely valuable. If I'm cooking a piece of meat in the sous vide, I'm doing a sous vide bath for eight hours, six hours, whatever. Well, I mean, the thing is, the first few hours of that are non-negotiable. Like, I'm not going to, if that's a roast, I'm not going to do it for one hour. But there's also a weird situation where the thing between six hours and eight hours, it's, I mean, it's it's different, but it's not hugely different. I like if I can do it for eight hours, that would be great. But life is life, as Liebach says, and stuff comes along. And you might, what if you had to take that out after six hours? Well, what do you need to know to take it out after six hours? You need to know that it's been six hours. And how would you mm-hmm. know that? How do you know that? Uh, I feel like I, it was before I left. I put it in. Okay. Well, how do you know the time? If you had Finder-like capabilities on a reminder, you would know when it was accessed, when it was created. So you know what I do? I, I end up writing a shortcut that says, I, this, this reminder was created at this time and putting it into the note like a caveman. I think these things are powerful. And I think the time will come. We'll know we're ready to entrust a bunch of our stuff to all these different systems when things like that are available. And when the, when the hooks are available for Dan to have a screen light up and say, you know, you're still you're still running here, dummy. Flags and attributes. Oh, it would be nice. It would be nice. Flags and attributes. Yeah. It's like John Syracuse yeah. says, you know, no, nobody but me cares about this, but I do care about this. You care about a lot. I care about a lot. And then like because I'm I'm as much as I am an unserious person, I'm a serious uh technology user. And I, I want it to do stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm not I'm not here to watch some you know, platonic puppet show in a cave. Like I need stuff to happen and I need to not have to go, you know, the way you like tap on your pocket to remember if you got your keys. Mm-hmm. I want to know that my keys are there because I put them there and they didn't move. And sometimes I want to know what time I put my keys in my pocket <laughs> for legal reasons. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I mean, that makes that makes sense. Eh? Anyway, if you know the uh, answer to Dan's conundrum, please write in, call in um, and, uh, and tell him how. Dan, where, where would people find show notes? For episode, I'm going to say five oh something. It's five oh eight. Five oh eight, not seven. That's right. Uh-huh. Seven was Voltron of Luck on December first. Oh, that's bad. Okay. 
508. I'm changing. I'm changing. No. Nope. I numbered them wrong. Okay. So I, what do I, what do I do? Do I renumber 507? We just missed 506. I numbered it wrong. I don't know what to do because that one on, went on, out last week. Wait, no, it's, I got 507. You got 508. What's 506? There is no 506 is what I'm there saying. There is no 506. No, I, me- I messed it up. I numbered it wrong last week. I put in 507 for last oh, week's episode. is it already in the CMS? Yeah. Okay, I would, I would call it Elijah and then just have nothing there. Okay. So this will be 508. Uh, 508. Yeah. You yeah. skip 506. Okay, okay, okay. There was a 505 and there was a 507. There is no 506. Where were people find show notes for whatever the hell this is? 508. It'll be at backtowork.limo <laughs> slash 508, even though it's really 507. Okay. All right. Are you telling me about the second thing you like? I would love to tell you about our friends over at Squarespace. Squarespace! There are big so fan, many big things fan, you can big fan. do with it. What are you using Squarespace for these days? I use Squarespace for the Roderick on the Line podcast. Uh, I used uh-huh. to love using it. I, I really miss, uh, well, <clears throat> I'm not saying I miss people. I miss some people. But I do miss doing the, um, uh, 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 what is it called? Ungainly uh, X-Man uh, comic meetup. Two Cats Comics, 320 West Portal Avenue. I, I think it's, it's, it's owned by, uh, it's, it's rented now, I think by a psychic. Or a medium, mm. as you say. Because mm. it's rarely well done. And oh, so that's no. happening. And I used to love updating that page. I would always dupe it just for old time's sake. You, know, you took it and you looped it, you looped it. You know what I'm saying? And then I would update <laughs> that and I would drag in, here's the comics I like and stuff like that. Cause you could just do that. You just drag in a thing and you say, hey, Amazon, <clears throat> find this John Byrne uh, Fantastic Four. And it would say, uh, yes, master, which is kind of creepy. But then, then also I could drag in a map and say, this is where Two Cats is. Or now in this case, where it was. Squarespace. Why are we still talking about this? Why doesn't everyone have Squarespace? What's happening? I have no idea. I mean, it's uncanny. It's ungainly. There's so much. There's so much that you can do with it. It does yep, everything. Yep, 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 there's yep, yep, no yep. reason to go and like build your own website <laughs> when you have something as amazing as Squarespace. It lets you do so very much with it. I mean, there are things that people don't realize are there, like the analytics, the the e-commerce stuff that's built in, the fact that they have support. They can help you do things that you want to do. It's not just for people who don't know anything about computers or building websites. It's for people who do, like us, who just want something better than we can make ourselves so mm, it's god great. that almost made me cry well i'm sorry horseshoes and hand grenades now so if you want to sign about go horseshoes to... and hand grenades you can go make it at squarespace <laughs> yes you could um so go make it squarespace.com slash it's your show when you're just visiting the url says i'm listening to this amazing program that, that merlin and, mm-hmm. and dan do i'm listening mm-hmm. just like but fraser crane when you're ready to build a website or register a domain name, you will get 10% off your first purchase by using the promo code, it's your show. So again, squarespace.com slash it's your show, promo code, it's your show. And we thank Squarespace very much for their long-term support of Back to Work with Merlin Mann. Mm. Thank you, Squarespace. Bok, bok. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. <clears throat> um, uh, can we keep it on the short side today? Yeah, sure. I got to do more podcasts, man. What are you doing? Can you share uh, it as a secret? I mean, yeah, I guess I'm going on a Macbook Weekly. Oh, fun, fun, five fun. Or, five or six hours long. So, uh, you know, comb my hair and stuff. I discovered um, a, a topic, a, um, uh, a made-up thing we haven't done in a while is a cool thing I learned this week. I wanted to mention a f- just a couple, and I'll probably think of more, but a couple cool things I learned this week. Uh, cool thing I learned this week. Um uh, uh, go find it and you shall seek. I don't know what words mean, but I can talk. Hi. Um, one of the cool things I learned this week, uh, and I, I, knew, I knew this before, but I, it, I think this is kind of cool. Find friends. A product I'm not sure is getting better. It's definitely getting more frustrating. But mm. find friends, formerly find friends, formerly find my friends. Mm-hmm. Find friends lets you do what? It allows people where you if you share a location with somebody or someone shares their location with you, you can see where they are. Uh, if they're available to be seen. And if they're on your family, in the in the um, Apple meaning of the word family, um, <laughs> then yeah, right, uh, right, you right. can see one another. And that's cool. But you can also, you know, you can also find devices. You go to that second tab and you can go to devices. And I 
for, for my own dumb, obscure reason, something I had left at the office, I wondered how much battery power it had. And then, you know what I remembered? You can go to Find Friends, open up devices, and if it's findable, it will show you where your device is. In this case, it was on my, uh, my iPad. And it shows you uh, what the battery charge was, which in this case, I don't remember. But it was pretty good. I think it's kind of cool that you can grab your phone, and let's just say, even if it's in the other room, if you're wondering if your watch is done charging, you can just grab your device, go to, uh, well, in this case, an iPad or a phone or whatever it is, go to devices, and you can see what the battery power is of a device. A little small thing, but think about the time savings on something like that. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, but it's, it's in the beta, I know, so I was so excited because they added a couple things that I was very excited about. I like to uh, give and receive notifications when there's changes in state in my family. Again, this is not so different from my obsession of, with reminders and things like that. But I would like my family to know I'm on my way home without me having to say anything. Mm-hmm. I would like to know, for most especially with my kid, when, if my kid has left and, you know, when my kid has gotten back. Good to know. And so this has existed for a while. And it used to be, time was, you got a, a person in your life and you got, you got two options. Let me know when somebody enters this circle or let me know when somebody leaves this circle. Just this one time, please let me know. That's cool. And it's, it works pretty well. And it used to be you could, you could set that up for somebody. And you, the first time it did it, it would ask that person, it would say, I think I know why they do this, but it would say, hey, um, you know, um, Merlin wants to know when you leave the house. And does that, is that okay with you? This, uh, this, this time, yes. Yeah, sure. Well, they had, they had there's, a, there's two options. They also added another option. I think it's really interesting, which is let me know when somebody is not in this area. And I could see that being really useful, like for an older relative or something like that. But they added, I was so excited when they added this thing where you could say, from now on, always tell my family when, I've, when I'm arriving in the, in the circle. When I, or like when I've left this other circle. But essentially, mm-hmm. I, hey, I don't need to tell you I'm on my way home because you see, like, it pops up. Now, you, with that one, on top of all of that, you can now set that to always happen, which is cool. Have you, do you do this with your family? No, no, I haven't done this, but now I think I need to. Well, I, I mean, I, I, as long as it's, so you talk to the person about it, they know it, that it's happened and you agree and think it's not creepy, I think it's a great idea. And again, this is there's only, literally only the three of us that share this with one another. Full stop. So, this is looking very promising. I could uh, we can if if we've negotiated this and talked about it, we can all know when we do all of the things, which is great. And then you click one time, and guess what? From now on, it's always going to do that. And this is where we get to the I think I know why they do this part. So you go in and like you say to your, your person, in my case, my wife, I say like, uh, if you don't think it's creepy, would you consider uh, let me get a shout out when you arrive at the house? She says, yes, of course. Okay. Now, the, uh, so it says to her, like, is this okay with you? Do you want to agree to this? And there's some more blah, blah text. And she says, yes. So yeah, right. yeah, it's all worked out. First time it happens. First of all, I get two notifications every time. And I guess there's something clogged up in the pipes so essentially when my wife and daughter arrive home from like going to the garden center or whatever, I get four notifications. That's probably a bug on my, or not a bug, but an error on my part, but you get that. So four, so, four to, to each, in other words, yes, two for each. Yes. Human? And I don't know why, but that's okay. That's the least of my concerns. The, the, okay. the point being that whenever my kid had mentioned this to me and I, and because I had not shared my, my, I had not said, send this to them. I had not gotten this, but she says, it, I get a notification every time I arrive at the house. And I said, you mean every time I arrive at the house? And she goes, no, every time I arrive at the house. Oh, she's getting, <laughs> we both get it. Everybody gets all the, no- so basically whenever, sometimes I'll just be sitting at the office and because geolocation is crap. It'll say, you know, Madeline just received the notification that you're arriving at home. I'm like, well, thanks, buddy. Right. A, I'm not. <laughs> B, thanks. But that's what my kid was talking about. And because we have that arrangement, every time she arrives at the house, every time I arrive at the house, every time my wife arrives, we each get a notification on our own device that it was just sent to that person, which is bananas. Like, imagine yeah. you want to do that with five people. I can't imagine all those things blowing up all over the place. It's nutty balls. But it's a very powerful feature. And I think I, here's what, here's the, I think I get why. Cause you know, that if you grab somebody's phone while they're in the pisser, you could really, I think that's mainly how creepy boyfriends, girlfriends, exes, let's be honest, boyfriends. I think that's how they get away with a lot of their spyware crap, right? Is you noodle with somebody's phone when they're not in the room. Mm-hmm. So 
I think the reason they keep popping that up is like if your boyfriend's a stalker, you would like to know. You know, it says, oh, J random stalker just received the notification that you're where you are. Anyway, I'd like to see improvement there. Find friends. Very promising technology, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what was my other thing? I think I had another thing. Did I mm-hmm. write it down? Um, I like when um, you write it. When you write it. Yeah. Let me look. Hang on. Stand by. Okay. Oh, here's all my things I've written down. Cool thing I learned this week. Oh! Oh, this is really... Oh, God, this is anticlimactic. I feel like Mr. Burns, I should really stop ending the tour here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just realized this week that uh, in my beloved app, Task Paper, on the Mac, you can create multiple windows. So if you're inside a document, like I have one called today.taskpaper, but it's got lots of sections in it. And Mm -hmm. so like, I like to look at the section called Inbox. I like it to look at, I like it to look, I like it to look at the section where I've made a little bit of Boolean that pulls in everything that's a not done task that I could do at the house, et cetera. And I create these four windows and they pop up. I don't think that's really powerful. You're basically cloning windows. But then you know what else I learned? This could be a bug, but for me it's a feature. Each mm-hmm. one of those four windows or however many you have open could have a different um, style sheet applied to it because they have style sheets in task paper. So if there's one where you want just kind of an all business, like fun look for this inbox area, that could be in this simple one. But this other one over here, like where there's, uh, I don't know, Christmas stuff, it could have it be green and red or whatever. You could have a different style sheet for that. I think that's really cool. And thank you to Jesse for doing that. Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. What's going on in your neck of the woods? Besides these these problems. Um, oh, God. Oh, again with the problems? <sighs> Can't you find some joy in the season? Nah, I don't see right. any joy. A lot going right. on. New, um, new Synology DSM-7 beta came out today. I've loaded it while we're talking. Oh, I loaded it onto one of my old Synologies. New DSM, new features. Very cool. That's happening. Disk Station Manager 7.0. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. New I would not put user it on interface. Me. Oh, yeah. And um, much improvement on how they're handling um, if a disk in your array goes bad. Um, and you've got a, like in, I got a hat swap or a spare slot. Like it can, mm-hmm. it's a lot faster. It only moves over the data that it needs to, anyway, it's all, that's all really cool. New interface looks a lot better. Um, and what else is happening? Oh, new photo station stuff. It's all pretty exciting. I'm enjoying my adventure. We should round back around to that someday to talk about, um, Synology updates. Cause I'm really, it's starting to make a lot more sense to me. Something finally clicked with the Synology, I think. And that's, that's powerful. I was uh, a friend of the show, Jesse Thorne, was wanting to replace his Drobo. And um, a lot of people suggested Synologies, and I suggested a Synology. I think I mentioned this to you. The, only th- yeah. the, thing, the thing with Synologies is I, th- I find it very confusing to choose from the different models because they appear, appear nearly identical except for the number of disks, uh, drives that they can accommodate. Right. And so, you know... But, you know, there's a lot to it. Is this the Plus series? Is this the, you know, what, what series is it we're talking about here? What does it do? But, like, I don't know. It's just, I originally wanted a big hard drive in the sky that does some stuff. But I'm, I've really come to appreciate the stuff that it does. And some of it, like with all nerd stuff, is just stuff about the stuff. You know, and it's like when you buy a 3D printer, you can find all these templates of things to test your 3D printer. It's, you know, mm-hmm. classic Hello World stuff. But there is a lot on there that's really that's really cool and clever and like businessy in some ways. So I don't know. Uh, the breakthrough for me came when I realized, well, the first breakthrough obviously was like buy uh, a Synology with more than two drive bays. That's really important. Otherwise there's really no point. Um, but the thing that really dawned on me in the last couple of weeks is that I was trying to do keep safe, you know, to have a combination of ports, port forwarding, firewalls, and just all the different things and the different levels of like who's allowed to do what. It's a little, as you know, as a systems guy, it's a bit of a thistle if you're yes. new to this. And I'm very new to this. Um, seven seven seven, not great. Be careful. So anyway, <laughs> I'm doing my things with this, and and then I'm re- I'm doing stuff like I'm reading tutorials, like Dan Benjamin style tutorials about how to log in, do cd dash i to come in as root, and then be able to do all these different things. And you want to be able to you know get this key, this SSH key that you then put into this. And, and I was like. The breakthrough was anytime you're doing that with your Synology, there's nothing wrong with doing that as long as you know what you're doing. But if you're doing that with a Synology, do you even need a Synology? Do you know what I'm saying? Like oh, the yeah. beauty of the Synology is that it, it really does live in that sweet spot between like, you're like, yeah, there's definitely a learning curve 
versus like I'm going to like roll my own box with, you know, I don't know, fractal fennec or whatever we're calling systems now. Um, uh, I'm going to with my own uh, Linux thing on here. My distro, right. as you say. All right. This lives in that area in between. If you're doing a ton of stuff where you have to log in as root, like ask yourself, is there a, an easier way? And there may not be an easier way, but you could screw, especially with permissions, um, you could screw yourself up real good because that's actually managed very well by the different apps. If you start screwing around with your own port forwarding, if you don't know what you're doing, that can screw you up. Because guess what? If you have a UPnP, I know it's not safe. If you have the right kind of router, it'll handle that for you. So anyway, that's been the breakthrough, and I'm enjoying that. We should round uh, back around to uh, Synology at some point. And you know, yeah, did you I ever would continue your? That. Did you continue your adventure? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, um, what I have going on. What I, and what I'm actually planning on doing is the backblaze integration for the Synology itself. And this is one of the questions that I have is like if so if I want to do backups with backblaze or B2 and I want to connect it so the Synology is backing itself up to that, do I still need to have the individual computers backing up or should they back up to the Synology and then the Synology backs up to the backblaze I in the sky? I don't know. I don't know the answer. I bet there is a smart answer for that in terms of reliability scale, ease of scale, and reliability of restoration. I would think right. I would start with how do you want to restore? And if you start with how you want to restore, I don't know if that'll answer those questions, but it might help. Um, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I have to say, I do find, I end up going into one of the slacks that I'm in and asking the pros from Dover for advice a lot, because I, I think the, one of the most, so Synology has really, I think, really good documentation. Um, but it's, as I think I've said here, it is baffling. The way that they name stuff, the way that they EOL certain things for other things, but keep the documentation and apps up. Like there's all kinds of stuff that's extremely confusing. So one of the most basic questions you could ask, which I'll abstract from your question is, how do I get a file from here to there? Uh, well, there's like 19 different ways to do that. To get a file from here to there. I mean, if, even if I'm not being cute about it, even if I'm excluding stuff like backup. You mm -hmm. got Drive Station Center. You got the sync folder functionality. If you turn on rsync securely, you've got um, you've got straight rsync that you can run on there. You've got you could do something like in my, in my case, mount uh, use transmit to mount both, but that's kind of mm -hmm. some caveman stuff. Yeah. There's um, there's cloud sync. There's like cloud sync server. There's the management utility for the drive thing you could oh you could also bring it up as a web page and do stuff from there so to answer your question how do i get a file from here to there there's all kinds of ways so yeah. which do i use well it depends you know there's all kinds of ways to move okay let's just say that when i for example i update if i want to make my own dropbox like who's the destination who's the source who does the management of it right like, it depends but it's powerful and I love it. And I'm about to log into the beautiful new DSM seven. Is this your first time logging into it? First time, first time. Just wow. uh, ran right it. here on the right. show, live on the show. Well, I don't know about that. I don't want to be risky. Who knows what's in here? Yeah. Huh. Let me click that. Yeah. We're, we're good. We're good now for sponsors, right? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. All right, here we go. Oh, that's not my name. Oh, oh. oh okay. what, what did All you right. do? No, 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 no. Okay, here we go. I'm clicking and okay. Here we go. Cinderella is stories. this a show or? King in the Castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to leave in a minute. I'm going to say goodbye, but I'm going to some. Oh, look at that. What's new in DSM? Oh, this looks a lot nicer. You want to want a screen grab of this? this yeah, thing? send me a screen grab. I'm wondering, is it a lot behind the scenes stuff? What makes it beta? What makes people uh, so nervous about well, installing it? Well, you know, soon? people are really using, that's my understanding, people are really using Synologies for stuff. And yeah. so if you have a bunch of these, I mean, obviously, I'm doing this on an old, the, the old ill-advised Synology with two drive bays that I've just had sitting around doing nothing that I was going to make into a, a backup, <laughs> just a backup Synology, which I might still do. Where are you in my messages? You're in here somewhere. Anyway, um, Dan, you asked, uh, while I'm looking for this image to send you, um, anything else you want to tell people? What to tell, remind them what you want advice and help about. I mean, really just understand one of the people in Twitter while we have been doing the show um, suggested that it's because I use I use a service called Restream. It's Restream.io. And what's really cool about Restream is it allows you to stream to multiple destinations at one time. So I stream to YouTube and uh, Periscope and Twitch. Now, there are other applications. I use OBS, but there's another one called Streamlabs OBS. 
Uh, and Streamlabs OBS, you can pay something and it lets you do this directly from the app without using Restream. But someone suggested that Restream may be part of the problem in that it's maybe not sending the correct end code or it's not basically uh-huh. telling, it's not saying to YouTube, this thing is done. So what I'm going to do after we're done the show is I'm going to try sending a stream just directly to just YouTube and see if that fixes it. But that's one thing I'm with the problem. The other thing is my little uh, handy dandy app, uh, automator app, if anyone knows how to make this work and I can give you the two command line commands that I use in the app. So someone could send me a working prepackaged thing and all I need to do is drop the command line in there and it'll do that. That's what I want. And I'll send them a mug if they do that. Mug. Mug. mug? Okay, I sent, I sent you a um, screen grab. Let me look at that. Look, it looks pretty Oh, icons. that looks good. It looks a lot better, huh? Doesn't yeah, look like a way better. As much. Way better. I'm going to install this. Supposedly, there's also a lot under the hood. That's the key. So right. I'll fiddle with that. Anyway, it's an exciting time. Please help, Dan. Help me. Help yourself. Yeah. And I have a help great holiday. Help me help you. Help me help you. Help me. Let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man. Yeah.